Can you believe this Michigas? You'd think people had never seen an apocalypse before. And the fact that you're not 100% sure if I'm talking about Buffy or the actual state of the world right now? (sighs) May you live in interesting times, right? Hi, and welcome to Still Pretty, a Buffy the Vampire Slayer YouTube series and podcast. I'm story expert Lonnie Diane Rich of Chipperish Media, and we are here today to talk about Empty Places, the 19th episode of season 7. Empty Places aired on April 29th, 2003, and was written by Drew Z. Greenberg with Rebecca Rand Kirshner as executive story editor and Drew Z. Greenberg as story editor. This episode was directed by James A. Contner. We're getting to the end now, and we're seeing some of the last episodes by writers and directors that we've gotten to know throughout the run of Buffy. This is both Drew Z. Greenberg's last script for Buffy and Contner's directorial bow. Greenberg wrote six scripts for Buffy starting with season six's Smashed, and Contner has directed 19 episodes, starting with season two's Bewitched, Bothered, and Bewildered. All right, let's go on patrol. In empty places, the hell mouths are popping, and people are getting the hell out of Dodge. You believe this, Michigas? Yeah. These people have never seen the apocalypse before. At the house, Anya and Andrew are teaching the potentials about the coming threats from the Uber vamp, but they have trouble concentrating, knowing there's a bigger threat on the horizon. I used to be really afraid of these Uber vamp guys. But then the scary preacher blew into town, and now I'm mostly terrified of him. Torn up by the failed raid at the vineyard, and especially by Xander's loss of his eye, Buffy goes to the school to collect her things and gets a surprise visit from Caleb. Things don't go exactly your way, so here comes the waterworks. Caleb gives her a solid beatdown and leaves her unconscious. Meanwhile, Giles and Dawn make a discovery from Caleb's past. That's not an odd hole. Giles sends Spike and Andrew to investigate, and Faith takes that opportunity to get the potentials to the bronze to blow off some steam. Unfortunately, the Sunnydale cops, under the influence of the Hellmouth, find Faith there and try to kill her. Faith and the Potentials handle the situation, but Buffy isn't happy about it. But they were fighting, and those girls were drunk. What were you thinking? Seemed like a good idea at the time. Buffy calls a general meeting and tells everyone the new plan. We're going back in. The plan, however, is not a popular one, as everyone turns on Buffy one by one. Most heartbreakingly, Dawn. So I need you to leave. Faith is put in charge, and Buffy is ousted. But before she goes... She gives Faith some advice. Protect them. Feed them. Empty Places is a well-written episode of television, but I've never been sure if it's a good episode of Buffy or not. A lot of fans hate this episode just purely for the complete betrayal of Buffy, and I agree. I've never believed that all of these people, Giles, Willow, Xander, Dawn, would turn on her like that. The only believable turn is Faith, and she's fairer to Buffy than the rest of them. I didn't come here to take anything away from you, but I'm not going to be your little lapdog either. I came here to beat the other guy, to do right however it works. I don't know if I can lead, but the real question is, 
Can you follow? The sudden and strange betrayal by the people closest to Buffy makes Empty Places a much disliked episode, and I can see the point. These people, especially Dawn, would never turn on Buffy like that, would never kick her out of her own house on a good day, but absolutely not when there is such intense danger out there for a slayer on her own. The one thing we've seen demonstrated over and over again with the Scoobies and Buffy is loyalty. These are the people who stood by Buffy through decisions that got each of them hurt. When Buffy fell for a similar trap in season two that landed Willow in the hospital. When Buffy took them on the run in an RV in season five and Giles got impaled. When Buffy had a little fling with Dracula and Xander ended up eating bugs. They've had arguments, they've expressed their differences, but in the end, these people have always, under every circumstance, had Buffy's back. And what makes this situation so different from everything Buffy's done before? Nothing. For seven years, I've kept us safe by doing this. Exactly this. Making the hard decisions. And, and now, what, suddenly you're all acting like you can't trust me? First of all, yes, Buffy walked into a trap and some girls got killed and Xander lost his eye. But this is the big fight. Bad things are going to happen, and everyone knows this. So far, it's been Buffy who's been taking all the hits. Buffy who gets beat up and knocked out and thrown across rooms. Buffy who takes on the uber vamp and suffers scars and contusions and bone fractures as a result. Aside from the potentials who let the first get to them and got themselves killed, Buffy has protected everyone with her physical body, absorbing every blow so that they didn't have to receive any of them. She is trained to ready them for a fight like this, and everyone knew going in that there was a good chance they were going to get hurt or killed. There was no false advertising in the raid on the vineyard, but now everyone's angry because what Buffy warned them all along was going to happen actually happened? No. I don't believe it. Second, Giles betrayed Buffy once in season three's Helpless, and it hurt him deeply. That he would betray Buffy the way he did in Never Leave Me is a bit of a stretch, but to do it again here, he's seeming like an entirely different Giles from the one we've known and loved for seven years. Plus, he loves Buffy like a daughter, and there isn't a universe in which he would let her go out there into an extremely dangerous space alone. Willow, Xander, and Dawn, however, are the most out of left field. Just before the raid, Xander gave that rousing speech about how much Buffy cares about their lives. And now, because he got hurt on a mission where it was pretty much guaranteed people were going to get hurt and killed, suddenly she's reckless and out of control. I've gotten us this far. But not without a price. Xander. I'm trying to see your point here, Buff. But I guess it must be a little bit to my left. Because I just don't. But I think it's Dawn's betrayal that both hurts the most and is the most unbelievable. To the same woman who sacrificed her own life so that Dawn could live, Dawn is now inconceivably brutal. And you can't stay here. Buffy, I love you. But you were right. We have to be together on this. You can't be a part of it. Dawn's speech is so incomprehensible as to seem like word salad to me. And while this moment works from a narrative perspective, it's an escalation of a central conflict that brings us to a dark moment for Buffy. It's indefensible from a character perspective. We have broken not one, not two, but four central characters in order to pay for this dark moment. And honestly, I'm not sure it's worth it. I might need a parrot. Huh? Well, let's go to the eye patch. 
to really complete the look. I think I still have that costume from Halloween. Yeah, and don't underestimate the impact of a peg leg. Maybe the hospital can hook you up with a nice one. Oh, you know what the best part is? No one will ever make me watch Jaws 3D again. Yeah, and you'll never have to... One of the most shocking and devastating events in all of Buffy so far is the graphically violent loss of Xander's eye. Xander has been a protected character in Buffy. We've talked a lot about how he rarely has to face consequences for his extremely questionable treatment of women, his entitled sexist comments and jokes, or his generally buffoonish behavior, which is offset and sometimes shielded by the funny, sweet Xander that we know and love. But in addition to that, for someone in the constant path of demons, vampires, zombies, whatever the hell those guys in the Zeppo were, he's rarely been physically hurt. Of course, the same is true more or less for most of our main cast, except for Buffy, who gets the snot kicked out of her on a regular basis, and Giles, who gets TKO'd like it's a life choice. But seeing Xander take the hit like that felt like such a shot to the gut, unexpected because our main cast comes from a fairly protected class. The people around them get shot and paled and busted up. They typically do not. And nothing as permanent and devastating as the loss of a body part. This is another way in which season seven is kind of a different show and another possible reason for the naysayers to nay. And I understand. The rules are suddenly different. The protections are removed. Anything is possible. Anyone can die or be permanently altered by violence. The devil has moved out of metaphor and has slipped into reality. And it's disturbing on a lot of levels, but mostly because we weren't given a transition period. Suddenly we landed in a space that was familiar, but different. Not entirely unlike growing up. Even so, even as I understand why this is too shocking and too not Buffy for many fans, I like what we're doing here in Season 7. I like that consequences have gone from theoretical to permanent. I like the shock of it. I like the slap. It makes me sit up and pay attention, knowing that what we're doing may not be familiar, but that doesn't mean it's not good. Well, some of it's not good, but most of it is good. For me, anyway. What? Whoa, whoa, whoa. So not what I meant. I'm not in charge, chick. I think B here just needs to chill out for a little bit, take a siesta or something, but I'm not the one you want. Whatever complaints you or I might have about season seven in general, and empty places in particular, our girl Faith is a bright, shining light in a sea of darkness. One of the things I love about Faith, as I've mentioned before, is that she's the rare woman, not just in Buffy, but in thousands of years of storytelling, to be allowed a full redemption arc. And here she is, post-redemption, and yet essentially unchanged. She's still sexually assertive. She's still bold and smart and edgy. Goodness for her is defined by an alteration of her choices, not her core self. You're gonna have to, like, ice her now or something like that? I'm not gonna kill her. Wanted to, but didn't. By the way, bully for me since no one else said it. For what? For not killing Buffy? It's this new thing I'm trying. But what I love most about Faith, specifically in this episode, is that she remains unchanged by the events around her. When there's a moment of downtime, she goes to the bronze to dance it out with the girls, and whatever boys might be around. Hey, I was wondering what was taking you boys so long. Where you been? When attacked by the police, she doesn't meekly submit. Even if those cops weren't kind of possessed by the Hellmouth slash the first, Faith isn't going back to prison until she decides she's going back to prison. How about you guys buy me another drink and we'll see where the evening takes us? Faith 
doesn't betray Buffy. She doesn't kick her out. She doesn't vie for her spot as the lead slayer. She's not interested in any of that. She just wants to have a discussion and for her opinions on things to be heard. She's fair and smart. And when things start to get out of control, it's not at her hand at all. Hey, look, I swear I didn't want it to go this way. I mean it. I don't be afraid to leave them. Faith has not paid for her redemption by becoming a meek little mouse with a lobotomized personality, wearing a cotton nightgown buttoned to the throat and begging for forgiveness from anyone who might be inclined to give it. Goodness in women is so often associated with chastity and submission. In Faith, this is not the case. If you ever want to mount a defense of Buffy as a revolutionary feminist text, you could do worse than by starting with Faith. All right, that's it for today. I'll see you next time with my thoughts on Season 7, Episode 20, Touched. Until then, stay pretty. So Pretty is a Chipperish Media production and is entirely patron-supported. To find out how you can keep us in production, visit patreon.com slash chipperish.